0: Today we are continuing our discussion of Matthew chapter 13. So if you're just joining us and this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We're glad you're here. What we're doing is we're in a series of an introduction to the Gospels where I'm walking through the Gospel of Matthew and chapter by chapter, verse by verse, we're talking about some of the things that we easily overlook because we are in a different time and space than the original audience was. And the reason why we do that is because there are things that the original audience as Jewish people living in a farming community would have understood that is sometimes lost on us. And so I want to point some of those things out to help you understand how this message of the gospel is relevant to you in your life today. If you would like to dive a little bit deeper, we have resources available for you. Every day, there are journaling prompts that go along with each episode, as well as a family discussion guide, and you can get the links for that in the show notes. And then we also offer spiritual direction and one-on-one life coaching to help you dive even deeper. If that's what you're interested in, you can go to SheHears.org for that as well. So we are in Matthew chapter 13, and we're picking back up at verse 24. It says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he said, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather wheat and bring it to my barn. So at first glance, this may feel very similar to what we studied yesterday, which was the parable of the soils. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to yesterday's episode if you haven't done that so far. But it's the same theme, but it means something a little bit different. And you have to remember who this audience was that Jesus was speaking to. This original audience was a group of people that likely were farmers. And in that time frame, there was a lot of wealthy landowners that controlled most of that rural land throughout the, I mean, that was throughout the Roman Empire, not just in this location. But their estates were worked either by free peasants or by slaves. And Honestly, essentially, most of their situations were very, very similar. The only difference would be the fact that the slaves could be beaten or sold. But as far as their stature and their status in life, they lived very similar lives. And so many of the hearers of Jesus that were in this crowd would have been rural farmers on these larger estates. And they would have really identified with this situation that he's describing. So they would have identified with the soil story from yesterday. And then this story about the weeds, they would have understood what the struggle was about. And before we get into that, I just want to make note about a couple things. First, the crop that's going to be produced in the life of the person who is good soil. So this is going back to what we talked about yesterday, this idea of good soil. The crop is for the kingdom of heaven to operate. And many think that that crop is referring to converts, people that are one to Christ through the believer. And yes, that is partially true. But in this context, it goes a little bit deeper to this more fundamental idea of transformation of the person who has encountered this kingdom of heaven experience. And so in the fourth soil, yesterday we were talking about the four kinds of soil, in the fourth soil, that crop, represents the working of the Holy Spirit inside the life of that seed or you and I, that person, that seed falls on good soil. And so there's a reference there to this production of good fruit. And, you know, later in Galatians, we'll study this. That if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go there and read in Galatians chapter five about the fruit of the spirit. And what that is, it is the gifts of the spirit within the believer's life and that results in these characteristics that are produced by the Spirit of God working through the life of the believer. And so this external creation of this kind of Spirit-produced righteousness and these good works that are done They're now coming up through these new converts where it's not just about them praying a prayer or them making the decision to follow Jesus, but it's about them producing good fruit, a good crop, a good harvest, the fruit of their lives. And so that's what we want to look for when we're talking about good soil is not just the fact that somebody receives that word, but that they internalize it and they develop this relationship with Christ. So as we're going through a couple of things, in verse 25, it says, But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat and went away. Now, in that culture, they often would sleep after lunch. But most of the time, the, and the greatest length of time that they would be sleeping would be at night. And either way, it, it could have happened at either time at lunchtime or even at, at nighttime. But this was something that was very common in that time frame. Ancient farmers sometimes fought. Sometimes it would be over land. Sometimes it would be over relationships, lots of different things, money. And Roman law had to actually forbid this practice of sowing poisonous seeds into a neighbor's field. And so you have to think about what was their diet. The most basic staple of their diet in the entire ancient world was what? Bread. So wheat was critical. And most of the time we're talking about seed, we're talking about wheat. And so what the, the enemy or the neighbor that wanted to get back at his neighbor would do is he would also plant a poisonous weed, which is a kind of a rye grass known as darnell. And it looks like wheat, especially in the early stages. And you can really only tell the difference once the ear appears, once the fruit appears. See, Satan operates in this world, both as the swooping bird that we saw yesterday that swooped down and, and stole the seed, and also as that enemy farmer. And so what this parable is doing is emphasizing the fact that the enemy will plant things just alongside of where God is planting. And what does that look like? Well, it's evil intentions. It's lies. His influence is right alongside those who are spreading God's word. And the interesting thing about this, and you will hear a lot about this if you are operating within the church, within the body of Christ or serving God, is there's a lot of times a demonic oppression or attack against God's people, especially when they are called to share God's word. It's predictable. We call it predictable resistance. And quite often what will happen is the moment that you're getting ready to stand out and stand up in obedience to what God has called you to do, the enemy will attack. And sometimes those attacks come from people that should be supporting you, that they, they say they're believers, and yet that attack happens. And while we don't believe that believers can be possessed, somebody that says they're a believer and has the Holy Spirit in them can't be possessed, they certainly can be oppressed. And a lot of times what happens is the demonic oppression that is following them around influences them to attack the person that is doing God's work. And that happens, unfortunately, all too often because the field represents the world and good seed represents those who know God and live faithfully according to his word and are trying to do what he's called them to do. And so Christ's message and his followers will be planted throughout the world, but Satan will also plant his followers. In verse 38, later in this chapter, they're called the sons of the evil one, and they are planted among God's people to counteract specifically, to counteract God's truth and to turn people away from God. And so their main role is to cause people to doubt God's word and the authority of God's word and to distort the truth. How do they do that? Well, by promoting attitudes and behaviors that are not in line with God's heart and supporting a false gospel. And Jesus later talks about this, about a great deception among his people, because some of these people who call themselves Christians are actually false teachers and they're, they're plants of Satan. But there is good news. Eventually, this will come to an end. You know, the, the fields were normally weeded in the spring. But if the weeds were discovered too late, which is what's happening here, you would be risking uprooting the wheat itself with them if you were to pull those weeds out. And I know this just from having a garden. If I let the weeds go too long, I have to just kind of let them go because if I pull them out, it's going to pull the carrots or whatever's growing there right along with them. And so this master who owns this field is saying, I don't want to risk the wheat. And once they're fully grown then we will separate it and we can cut the wheat just below the head and we can leave the shorter tears to cut separately and at this time frame in this culture much of the earlier forest that had been there had been cut down and the fuel could not be wasted so once it was dried they would take that those weeds that darnel that that poisonous ryegrass and they would use it for fuel for burning so that's what the allusion to the fire is why let them grow I think that's the question that I have always had when I read this passage. Why let them grow? And, and yes, we understand that there's a risk to the healthy wheat if we pull them out. But followers of Jesus need to understand and recognize that they will have to deal with those who pretend to be believers, but who are really working for the enemy. That's a reality of the world that we live in. There's three things that we can remember when we're facing these kinds of situations. Number one, Good and evil will always coexist together until the end time when Jesus comes back. We cannot be ignorant to that. We need to be aware of it. And so if we just think, okay, I'm following Jesus, I'm being obedient to what he wants me to do, and I'm going to go full steam ahead, we have to recognize that we live in a world that is fallen because of sin. And the enemy prowls around like a lion trying to destroy us. We have to be aware of it, not to be afraid of it, but we cannot be ignorant to it. We need to go on the offensive instead of the defensive through prayer and being aware of it. The second thing, is this is not excusing sin among God's people. And so we're not talking about God's people that are legitimately just falling into sin. That's a little bit different than these plants of the enemy. And so we want to encourage things like church discipline that is taught all throughout the scriptures. And we need to take that seriously. Unfortunately, many churches don't. But even in the churches that do, that is still a temporary solution. And in the end, what God will do is he will make this final separation between his followers and those that are not his followers. But there are people within our churches today that are plants of the enemy. We have to be aware of that. And then the third thing is that believers need to be alert to the deception and the work of the enemy in their lives. As the enemy plants seeds in the same field that God does, There's going to be fruit of the enemy in that same field. And it's hard because sometimes they look the same, especially at first. How do you tell the difference? Well, you inspect the fruit. See, wheat seeds produce wheat. Tares, or it's talking about this poisonous rye seed, is going to produce a poisonous rye berry. And how do you tell the difference? You inspect the fruit. So if we're talking about people within our churches or within our lives, and we're trying to tell the difference, you inspect the fruit of the lies around you. At the beginning of today, we started talking about what that fruit looks like. Well, is it the fruit of the Holy Spirit that they're producing? Are they winning souls to Christ? Are they learning the scriptures and teaching the scriptures? Are they doing the work of the kingdom? Are they serving God with obedient hearts? Or are they producing division? Are they producing chaos? Inspect the fruit, because the fruit will tell you what kind of seed they are. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread chapter 13, starting at verse 24. It says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you were pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my bar. Let's pray. God help us to have an awareness and an understanding of knowing that As much as you are planting seed in good soil, the enemy tries to do the same. Lord, help us have an awareness of what's going on around us, to be aware that we have a very real enemy that is seeking to distort and destroy you and your people. Lord God, help us to have discernment in those situations, to to inspect the fruit of their lives and to lean into what it means to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, I I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives, that you've given us eyes of discernment to be able to tell the difference. And God, help us to be a people that produce good fruit as we are learning your word and what it means to be obedient to you. God, help us to produce good fruit and a good harvest in the lives and the lives of those around us. Lord, I thank you for you and the way that you reveal yourself to us through your word. It's such a treasure to us. Lord, I pray for a blessing over my friends today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, friends, thanks for listening. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, There's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things, we hold each other accountable, There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids' show, every day I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to SheHears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly.